talk about Esau's son. Name? Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat had a son who reigned after him. His name is Jehoram. We will not go into his life. And Jehoram has a, had a son, Ahaziah. And so Jehoshaphat's son is Jehoram. Jehoram's wife was Atalia. Okay, anyone heard the name Atalia before? No. Uh, are we familiar with the name Jezebel? Yes. So Jezebel's daughter is Atalia. You know where Jezebel was from? In the time of Elijah, but what nationality was Jezebel? She was from Sidon. Okay. Um, I'm not good with all these maps, but I, I think I should prepare some. <laughs> okay. If you look at the coast, the Mediterranean coast, you will find three um, towns. One is Biblos, from where we get the name Bible. Below that is um, Tyre, and then below that is Sidon. means south, not below. Okay. So Jezebel was from Sidon. King Ahab married Jezebel. So Jezebel's daughter was Atalia. So Atalia was unfortunately the daughter-in-law of Jehoshaphat, of whom we are going to discuss. So after Jehoshaphat, he gave the kingdom all to Jehoram. And after Jehoram's death, there was Ahaziah. And Ahaziah was killed. And then Jehoram's wife, Atalia, rose up and tried to kill all the royal family. But one small little child was rescued without her knowing it. So after that, King Atalia reigned in Judah. So with that, one chunk of history comes to an end. Starting with the um, kingship of Saul to the reign of a Sidonian queen. After that, there's another section which I hope not to touch for a long time. Okay, um, we are going to look at things from Second Chronicles again. Uh, before we move to that, uh, they say both the books of Chronicles were together initially, but we have divided it. Uh, and um, in the Jewish canon, they have it together. So if you look at it, the first chronicles, the nine chapters are just genealogy. Uh, son, it starts with Adam. Okay, from Adam, it comes down till the time of the return from the exile to Babylon. Those who know it can understand what I'm speaking about. Okay, that is first nine chapters. Then you have from chapter 10 is uh, King Saul. Chapter 11 to the end of First Chronicles is David. So First Chronicles done. Second Chronicles starts with Solomon. And that goes for around nine chapters. Then the next 13 chapters we cover till Queen Atalia. And the remaining 14 is still the exile. As in short. Um, 
It's just for the interest of those who are interested in history and trying to learn. So if you want to know all the history of Judah in brief, you can get it from uh, First and Second Chronicles. Okay, we'll look at um, Second Chronicles chapters 17 to 20. That's where we find Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles chapter 17 now. And verse 3. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the bars. Verse 4. But sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. In short, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Hmm. Verse 6, and his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. I'm going to rephrase it. Jehoshaphat was with the Lord. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat was with the Lord. Simple. So what happens when the Lord is with you? What happens when the Lord is not with you? That's basically what we will be seeing in the life of Jehoshaphat. It's, a, it's wonderful the way the scripture puts things. Um, verse 6 says, His heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. So Asa's heart was righteous. Somebody was loyal. Here it says, He took delight. I think the problem with the third generation, fourth generation, fifth generation believers, if there are, is many times they do not take delight. Their hearts do not delight. Until they find that delight, it's difficult. I'm getting bored. And then slowly you fall away maybe. Or you're not able to communicate that enthusiasm to the next generation. He's a man whose heart was delighting in the Lord. That's a good thing for us to remember. Okay. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Why? Because he walked in the ways of King David. Verse 5. The Lord established a kingdom in his hand. Now, what happens when the Lord is with us? Is the Lord with us? And what happens when the Lord is not with us? Okay. Verse 7. Now, we'll talk about how he took delight. In the third year of his reign, he sent his leaders, I'm skipping the names, to teach in the cities of Judah. He sent leaders to teach in the cities of Judah. And verse 8, with them he sent the Levites. He sent the leaders and he sent the Levites. For what? I think this is the first time we find Bible studies in the whole wide world. 
okay. Um, you find people studying the scripture, but here is a king who sets out to teach the scripture in the whole of Judah. So he chooses the leaders, he chooses a priest, put them together, and sends them out. We don't know the mother they used. Is it like the old-style conventions of Kerala, or is it the Billy Graham crusades? I don't know. Uh, or was it some nice Bible studies like we have from Brother John Vergis? <laughs> don't know how it was, but the fact is that uh, they taught the scripture. So they taught in Judah and had a book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. What happens when the people learn the scripture? Verse 10. And the fear of the Lord fell on the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. When we learn the word and when we dwell in it, people know that the Lord is with us. And the fear of the Lord falls on the enemies of the gospel. You find certain periods in certain lands where the gospel goes forth with power and might. Those are the times when people are into the word and uh, spending time with the Lord in prayer. And then the enemies don't stand up against them, against the gospel. They do, but they cannot stand. And here, the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land that was around Judah. Here's a challenge for us. Will we be the generation where the fear of the Lord is upon the nations around us? Will we be the generation that takes hold of the scripture, learns it in our personal studies as we come together as a church and go out to our neighborhoods and teach them when the word of the Lord comes with power, the spirit of the Lord fills us and nothing can stand against the Lord. The fear of the Lord will be upon the nations. And this is a challenge that I want to throw before CBF. Will we be a church that has the word of the Lord with us? Will the fear of the Lord fall on the nations around us? And you know what happens? It's not just that they were afraid. Verse 11. Uh, verse 11 onwards. And some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver as tribute. And the Arabians brought him flocks, 7,700 rams, 7,700 male goats. So Jehoshaphat became increasingly powerful and he built fortresses and storage cities in Judah. He had much property in the cities of Judah. And the men of war, mighty men of valor, were in Jerusalem. You know, there is all-round blessing when gospel comes in. Many times, I, when I've driven through or traveled on bus through um, 
Kerala. Um, nowadays, it's not that very clear, but maybe some 20, 30 years back, it was very clear where, the, where Christians were. There was some kind of blessing that could be seen outside, some kind of... It's, uh, you know, it's not because the Lord is blessing in a special way. You know, when you turn your hearts to the Lord, you get rid of all your vices, and then you start functioning as a normal man and your life is more blessed. The same way, there's a lot of blessing that the Lord pours on the kingdom of Judah. And the enemies are afraid and people around, they bring tributes and the land becomes rich. And if you look at um, the next verse, um, there are lots of armies. In fact, if you add it up together, it's 1,060,000. His father, Asa, had an army around 580,000 strong. So, Jehoshaphat almost doubles the army. And finally, the Lord never wanted him to fight. That's a very funny thought. He, He doubled his army. The only time that he actually went out to fight was with was in a war that was against the Lord's will. So the Lord provided him everything. Now the sad part of the story is here, in the next phase. Okay, let's read verse 1. Then Jehoshaphat, his son, chapter 17, verse 1. Then Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. Israel was bad at that time. King Ahab, Ahab was ruling. Jezebel was there. And the time of Elijah, um, so many prophets of Baal. If some of us can recall all that. And Elijah and he leads the prophets of Baal. It's a, it's a tumultuous time in Israel. So Jehoshaphat strengthened himself against Israel. Very good. Chapter 18, verse 1. Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance, and by marriage he allied himself with Ahab. Chapter 17, verse 1 says, he strengthened himself against Israel. Chapter 18, verse 1, it says, he allied himself with Ahab. He strengthened himself against Israel. He allied himself with Israel. How can these two things happen? You know, I look at the history of Christianity. This is what we find throughout. If you look at Kerala, there was a section of people that preached separation. Separationist. That's what the Malayalam equivalent, Varvada. You go to, the, go to Europe, the Anabaptists, the Mennonites, the Baptists. Separation was the key, separation from the world. The Pentecostals in Kerala and most parts of India, separation was a key. And then, all on a sudden, we find by marriage, he allied himself with Ahab. This we find throughout 
history being repeated and repeated and repeated. You stand out, separated out unto the Lord, and then you go and align yourself with people who are inimical to God. Um, in, then he goes out for a war. We'll come to that later. But in chapter 19, a prophet comes and rebukes him. We'll just read that portion here. Chapter 19, verse 2. <coughs> and Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Now the, the generation that walks out, they know what they, are, they have been redeemed from. So they cannot actually go and align themselves there. They know it has to be a cut when it comes to many things. Where the next generation thinks, oh, we need to identify with them. And before you know it, you are right in their camp. Just like we think about Lot, he chose, he chose the plains of Sodom. And finally we find him in the city, dwelling among the um, people whom the Lord was going to destroy. Unfortunately, this is exactly what we see in Christianity. Does that happen to us? And there are seasons in a believer's life where you start out and you are separated out and full of joy in the Lord and separated from sin. You want to stay for the Lord. And slowly you fall into a lull and before you know it, you are in the enchanted grounds. You are in the world. You are enjoying with the world, everything in the world. You are not trying to win the world, but you are floating along with the world. You are there. Till the Lord comes and shakes you out of it. <clears throat> okay, chapter 18. Actually, I want to name this chapter as something that you can remember. The barbecue party. Okay, something that you cannot forget. Um, in Central Asia, I call it the shashlik party. I don't know whether you're familiar with the word shashlik and kebabs. That's what we use there. So, in chapter 18, we find Ahab, the bad king, the most wicked king, with the most wicked wife, reigning in Israel and Jehoshaphat going down to visit him. And uh, chapter 18, verse 2. After some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria and Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him. So here's the shashlik, the barbecue. Okay. Um, I think living in India, we don't get the picture 
you know, um, we lived in a very cold country, so uh, say November through April, we cannot even see the ground, it is full of snow. And in April, probably the shoots are not yet out there, so April, mid-April, you find some greenery and people go crazy and they are just out in the open and then you go out and cook in the open, you cut sheep and and then you roast them out in the open. So here they are just celebrating. Two nations have come together. It, if I try to draw a parallel, India, China, bye-bye in the olden times. <laughs> so India and China together, nothing can go against us. And you know what happened after that? China came and attacked India. <laughs> well, there's, here's a celebration of two nations together, and they have killed sheep and oxen in abundance, and both the nations are together um, celebrating their um, newfound brotherhood. And then Ahab says, you know, your dad, he had hired the king of Syria against me, and he came and got Ramad Gilead from me. So now we are together. Let's go and win over Ramad Gilead. That belongs to us. So Jehoshaphat says, yes. I am, as, I am like you are. My people are like your people. Let's go. But since he used to walk with the Lord, he says, let's first ask the Lord. Let's first inquire of the Lord. And then, you know, Ahab had lots of prophets. But this time, the prophets of Baal had all been executed on Mount Carmel. And you know what happens? What is happening in India now? Uh, most of the congressmen are changing their color to Bhajpa, BJP, right? So, not because they believe in BJP or Congress, but they think the wave is towards BJP. So, all the politicians, they, during the time of elections, they change color. So even so, Ahab's time on Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal had been executed. So many of the prophets, they just became the prophets of the Lord. So there are lots of false prophets around Ahab. So he calls them and they come in droves and they prophesy victory for Ahab. So Jehoshaphat says, please inquire, of the word, inquire for the word of the Lord today. He still knew the word of the Lord was important. He was teaching the law of the Lord. He knew the word of the Lord was important. Okay. Then the prophets came together and they, what, what did they say? Go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. All the prophets are saying, go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here? that we may inquire of him? You know, a believer senses in his heart when things are not right. At least in the initial stages. But then you can become very blunt if you close your heart. But here is Jehoshaphat. Even though all the prophets are prophesying in unison, 
that the Lord would give victory. He senses that this is not the word of the Lord. Then he says, can we still inquire of the word of the Lord? It's a big chapter. I don't want to go into the details. But then um, King Ahab knows one prophet, Micaiah. <coughs> and he says, um, so the king of Israel verse 7 in chapter 18 so the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me but always evil he is Micaiah the son of Imla and Jehoshaphat said let not the king say such things now they are in alliance what can he say oh you should not say that that's not right okay so, then the king of Israel, now these are in-laws. You have to be nice to the in-laws, right? So he calls Micaiah, and Micaiah comes and prophesies. There's a long uh, story, we won't go in there. But finally, um, Micaiah prophesies and says, uh, verse 18, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up, that he may fall at Ramath Gilead? So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, In what way? So he said, I will go out and, buy, and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. The Lord has declared disaster against you. Uh, Jehoshaphat is here he's hearing the word of the Lord the Lord has declared disaster against you what should he do now go ahead to the battle or listen to the voice of the Lord and his prophet what can he do now he has promised my people are like your people So there he is, caught. He cannot go this way or that way. He has committed. This is an alliance. You know, we can enter into an alliance, but it's difficult to come out of it. I've had many, many good um, believing friends in my university, I think. Um, we, were, we had a small EU group I think by the time I left, there might have been around 30 students or even more in that little college. Of them, how many of them have fallen away because they aligned themselves with a non-believer in their wedding or have decided not to separate themselves out but in their worship, they could not keep that separation? 
have seen this many times over. Here is, here is uh, Jehoshaphat in a similar situation. He's with Ahab. He cannot do anything now. He has committed himself. How can he go back? So finally, he goes out into the battle. Knowing that his greatest ally, the Lord is not with him. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat and the fear of the Lord was on the kingdoms all around. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat and the kingdoms bought tribute. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat and he built and prospered. Jehoshaphat is going to the battle and the Lord is not with him. Why? Jehoshaphat is not with the Lord. The Je Jehoshaphat is with King Ahab. This is a short story, the life of many of us in different periods and the lives of the, in the life of the Christendom. It's the same story. The Lord is not with us because we are not with him. You cannot ex expect the Lord in the fire of hell. That is Satan's place. The Lord is not there. You come out and be with the Lord. The Lord will be with you. You will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. Well, there are troubles. Yes, it comes with troubles. But the Lord, when the Lord is with us, all the strength is there. So finally, what happens? Um... Verse 28. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robes. Hello? What's happening here? This is your territory. You want to get your kingdom, your, your place, Ramoth Gilead. And you don't want to show yourself? You don't want to be the leader of this expedition? You want me to dress up? And you want to be disguised? There should have been a warning bell even from a secular point of view. You know, many times we have the divine warning, the secular warning, many things are there. Our um, normal sense tells us this is not the way. This is not the right people that you need to hang out with. Of course, it's harmless. They are just having a party. Yeah. Uh, I'll go for it. Yeah. And then once you are there, they get into one thing and another and another. You know, in the midst of it, you cannot get out. You're caught, you're trapped. Once you're in the enemy's territory, unless the Lord has sent you out, you are trapped. Unless the Lord is with you, you are trapped. You know, um, the other day I was um, telling somebody, I don't remember, 
uh, when I was in um, college, there were three from supposed to be saved believers in my college, the whole of college, other than those who came fresh to the Lord. And two of them from brethren background, and one was from a Pentecostal. With the Pentecostal guy, I was okay. If I looked at the life of those two brethren guys, I would have said, I would never ever want to follow the faith that these guys do. Why? They just aligned themselves with the world. Of course, I'm glad at the end of their college life and all, they came back. One of them came back and is very strong in the Lord now. The other one made a mess of his life. Whatever. You know how they started up? You know, um, there was this uh, batch unity and class unity and all kinds of philosophies that our college had. You had to be there for all the drunken revelry. They wouldn't take part of it initially. They were just around. Uh, slowly they got into it. They got a sip. They got two sips. And finally they were, they were the ones taking others out to drink. I don't know how many kids here are in that situation. But there is a separation that we as Christians need to keep. If not, finally we end up in the lap of the devil. So here is Jehoshaphat finally. And you know what happens? Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots who were with him, saying, Fight with no one small or great, but only with the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, This is the king of Israel. <coughs> Therefore they surrounded him to attack, but Jehoshaphat cried out. And the Lord helped him, and God diverted them from him. For so it was when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel that they turned back from pursuing him. You know, many times, the real believers are still kept, are still brought back by the Lord. Easily, he would have been game. But one of the, one of the captains, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, said, uh, no, when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back. The Lord divinely ordains in some way a way of escape even after we have gone into sin. Dear believer, if you are now in an alliance with the evil one or his people, please come out. The Lord is giving you a way of escape. Now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day, and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot facing the Syrians until evening, 
and about the time of sunset, he died. So finally, the alliance comes to an end here with the death of King Ahab. Now, one good thing about King Jehoshaphat <coughs> that we don't find in his father Asa. When Asa did something wrong, a prophet went to him and said, what you did is not right. Do you remember the name of the prophet? It's difficult to remember that. The name was Hanani. Okay? Now we see the son of Hanani coming to Jehoshaphat. At this, in the same situation, when Jehoshaphat has done something wrong, he goes. Chapter 19, verse 2. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? This is my question. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? There are many evangelistic efforts where there is an alliance between the believer and the non-believer. It is not in God's will. Don't be fooled. Yes, we are to identify with them. We are to be with them. But we are not to be them. We are not to be in, in alliance with them. In your heart of hearts, you know when it is an alliance and when it is not. And if you're confused, sit in the presence of the Lord till you get an answer. Or discuss with others who are more mature in faith or who can help you out. Go to the word. Never with a doubt move along with non-believers. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? He was, uh, he was with King Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel who wanted to king, kill prophet Elijah. Didn't he know that? He did. That did not strike him. He just thought, yeah, ten tribes up in the north and two tribes in the south. Let's come together and we'll make a great big force for the Lord in this mighty world. No. Your force has been brought to nothing. Earlier you had all the strength that you needed. Why? The Lord was with you. Now, he's not with you. Simple. But what happens at the end? <clears throat> verse 4. Okay, I'll read verse 3 as well. Nevertheless, good things are found in you in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek the Lord. So Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the mountains of Ephraim and brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers. <clears throat> you know, another thing that happens when you go into an alliance with the wicked, you don't have time for the Lord's people. You don't have time for the church. You don't have time for the believers. Well, you, you're with some believers and some non-believers together doing something which is not in the Lord's will. 
But when you come back, you have time for the Lord. And what do they do? And he, now he goes back and he, he brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers. This was what he was doing initially. This is all what he needed to do. Send out the priests and the leaders and teach the scriptures. <clears throat> now he does something more. Verse 5, then he set judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of Judah. So he establishes a legal system now. There was an itinerant ministry or teaching ministry. Now he sets up a um, um, legal system according to the um, guidance of the Lord. And the land again goes forward in the power of the Lord. That's what the Lord wants us to do. If we are wandering, let's come back. If we are not separated, let's come back. I just want to jump quickly to two, three verses in New Testament. First um, Corinthians 15:33. Um, I'll just quote part of it. Bad company spoils good morals, corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's what we find in the life of King Jehoshaphat. Bad company spoils good morals. Then maybe Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Uh, somebody gets it, please read. Um, till 9. Anyway, it's very simple. What you sow, you will reap. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. If you sow something, that's what you will reap. Um, I grew up as a very secular man, Catholic. So there was a song in, from my childhood that I remember in Malayalam. It goes something like this. Everyone sowed... Um, Gold in the field, but I sowed dream in my field. Huh? And gold also brought forth hundredfold, my dreams also brought forth hundredfold. Okay, if you sow dreams and not gold, you're not going to get back gold. You can have all kinds of philosophies, but let us. Take gold from the scripture. And if you sow with the scripture, we will reap the scripture. If you sow fantasies and philosophies, we will be stuck with that at the end. What do we want at the end of our lives? You know, the best years that we have, if we spend in chasing dreams and fantasies, that's what we will end up with. And um, back to the basics, the very basics that our fathers have taught over centuries. Fathers 
in our land fathers in different lands i mean christian fathers second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 to chapter 7 verse 1 Again, I'll read the entire thing. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of god the basic doctrine of separation do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers i look at the brethren churches in kerala because i see a little bit here and there and i'm i was not born and brought up among them i joined the brethren when i was working in in the north i hear of stories two three generations back how they forsook everything and came out and still people hold on to some signs of that you won't wear ornaments because they had thrown off ornaments so we don't wear ornaments but they actually practiced separation they separated themselves from unbelievers and unbe- unbelievers principles but i look at the generation now what is that oh we don't wear ornaments but we want to be like them in everything we want to be better than the world in worldly standards that's what we pursue after the lord says come out from among them and be separate simple come out from among them and be separate the application of that principle in this generation might be different from what it was in that generation but the important thing is that we don't have the worldly values and worldly ambitions we have scriptural values and scriptural ambitions we go back to what it is and apply it in our present day in our generation if you are here in bangalore we apply it to our bangalore situation if you are in kerala to that if you are in andhra pradesh there if you are in the north If you're on the Gulf, the application might differ, but the principle remains the same. Come out from among them and be separate. You cannot be unequally yoked together. What communion has light with darkness? Can you imagine darkness when there is light under the sun? Is there darkness? Can you imagine darkness? hell and heaven together where there is hell there is no heaven and when there is heaven there is no hell 
What accord has Christ and Belial? Nothing. But the present day Christianity would want us to do that. Every century, every generation, the enemy wants to corrupt the true gospel. What is better? Is it to deceive somebody, to bring something that looks exactly similar? If I have a thousand rupee note, I don't know whether it is original or not original if I don't know how to check that. But if I had a thousand rupee Indian note and a thousand rupee Pakistani note, I know, oh, this is Pakistan. I throw that away, I take mine, right? So when the gospel is almost veiled and it is being mixed up, it is difficult. So keep it separate. The application will differ. Let's discuss that outside. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? Christ with believer, believer with unbelievers. How many believers have married unbelievers and ended up in troubles? Probably you know many of them. But the Lord says, come out and be separate. I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So come out from among them and be separate. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You know, when I was, um, I came out from among Catholics and there were some good believers counseling me to remain there and be a good light to them. And there was one of them who advised me now, he's, he was a Catholic. He was much more spiritually grown up than me. And he's gone. Maybe he has his salvation, I believe, but I know. But that's all. He's a miserable Christian, I know. The Lord said, come out. In your worship, you cannot be like them. In your walk, you cannot be like them. In your values, you cannot be like them. Come out and be separate. Then I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Therefore, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I don't have time to cover what I wanted to about um, Jehoshaphat, but uh, in short, he again, there was another going back in his life, but the Lord again warned him, but, and he came back. He's a guy who started strong, went weak, but finished okay. If he have grown weak, that's fine. Come back. Come back. Be separate. The Lord will again be with us. He will again strengthen us. And there's another war to which um, Jehoshaphat goes, and he does not fight the war. He just stands and praises the Lord. Uh, and the, and so wonderful, the um, passage there. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. That's all what he said. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And then there was a, they, they had much more riches which was brought back. And you can study each character from two perspectives. From the perspective of man, you see failure and coming back. But from the perspective of God, 
the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Even though you sin and fall away, the Lord pursues you with a Hanani or a Jehu or with some words here and there, with a scripture. And um, in, in the next chapter, if you read, you will find that it was with the enemies coming and attacking that the Lord again visits him and strengthens him. So the Lord still pursues us. I am so glad my Father in heaven. Huh? And you know that song. Has, um, and at the end it says, Though I forget him and wander away. Okay. Even if I forget him and wander away, he's a father who comes after me and keeps me back. Can we listen to that voice if we wander, if we are away? Can we just examine our hearts to see where we are? He's not like our earthly fathers. Don't look at me and tell my children, God is not like me. He's a much better father. I got good intentions, but many times I commit mistakes. But he is a father who never commits a mistake. He will always draw us back. Though I wander away, he will still come searching for me. So, just one thing here. The Lord was with, Jeho- uh, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat when Jehoshaphat was with the Lord. The L- Jehoshaphat delighted himself in the Lord. And then when he went away, it was not that. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we want to thank you for the examples that we find in the scripture. Lord, thank you for the warnings that you give us. Thank you for the encouragements that you give us. Lord, as we live our lives, help us to keep checking ourselves to see where we are. Are we in the right place with your children, with you? Or are we wandering? Lord, if we forget and wander away, Lord, you're still coming seeking after us, your saving, keeping love. Lord, that's all what we want. That's all what we desire. And whenever we go astray, Lord, ring that bell in our hearts and wake us up. Maybe through your word, maybe through your prophets, maybe through your people. And if need be, even in the hands of enemies that come to attack us. Lord, whatever it takes, Lord, please do not leave us. We know you will not. Help us to come back to you. Lord, let our eyes be always upon you and not on things around. Lord, help us to be separate. Help us not to be deceived into something that is very similar to the truth, but is not the truth. Help us to be separate in our values, in our commitment, in our fellowship. Help us never to enter into agreements that are not pleasing in your sight. Lord, we want to thank you for your love, for your mercy. Thank you that the steadfast love, that your steadfast love never ceases. Your mercies are new every morning. And so, We can say, 
because of the mercies of the Lord, we are not consumed. Thank you, Father. In Christ's precious name we pray.